Blog Talk Radio. of the Mystical Matchmaker podcast. Don't you just love that song? Shine, shine, shine. I'm one of a kind. And you are one of a kind. I'm so excited that you're joining me. And to start off this podcast, before I bring on my special guest, I'm just going to read my selected um, selected reading today from Louise Hayes' Heart Thoughts, A Treasury of Inner, Inner Wisdom. And I just thought this one really spoke to my heart today. I am a harmonious being. I affirm the following. I am at the heart of the divine mind, perfect, whole, and complete. All my affairs are divinely guided into right action with perfect results. Everything I do, say, or think is in harmony with truth. There is perfect and continuous right action in my life and in my affairs. It is safe for me to change. I release all thoughts or vibrations of confusion, chaos, disharmony, disrespect, or distrust. These thoughts are eliminated from my consciousness completely. I am harmoniously linked with everyone I am in contact with. People love working and being with me. I express my thoughts, feelings, and ideas, and they are easily welcomed and comprehended by others. I am a loving, joyful person, and everybody loves me. I am safe. I am welcomed with joy wherever I am. All is well in my world, and life gets better all the time. Yes. All right. So I have a special guest today. His name is Baron Steffen, and he is the author of The Final Gift of the Beloved, her disappearance, 13 days. And he's a longtime student on the spiritual path of Sita Yoga. He's a big band crooner and a widower. He has been a big wave surf- surfer, a 1980s Italian pop singer, an award-winning elementary school teacher. Oh, my gosh. All right, I'm just going to bring Stefan on right now. Hello. Oh, Baron. I'm saying Stefan. Hi, Baron. <laughs> Hi, Marla. Thanks so much for welcoming me. I'm so excited to have Hello. you on, and I have to say that that I was I watched on YouTube. Uh, you singing a couple crooning a couple songs with your big band. <laughs> Thank you, Je- uh, Mac, Mac the Knife, and uh, which I love. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. And there was another one. Gosh, you're mm. really good. Not only super handsome, but you're a fabulous entertainer and singer. Mm, well, thank so. you for that. I, I love to do that. Are you now? Are you still doing that? You know, I do do that, but right now with COVID, that is something I'm turning down uh, performances for until we get a better handle on that. Just doesn't feel right. Right. Maybe you'll have to do if you have a you know studio at home or something, or you can um, do some videos from your you know living room or something, or (laughs) 
the beach. Mm. I think that would be that would be great. Or do like a live stream to, to entertain people. Yeah, I mean you, you're just too good. It's awesome. So, okay, so t- you know, tell me about this book. I, I was reading um one interview with you that you said you had not planned to write a book, but your friends had kind of um you know pushed you, convinced you to do that. So tell us a little bit about this journey, the final gift of the beloved, and and what happened to set you on this path. Mm. Well, it's the true story of the 13 days following my wife's fatal automobile accident, and it's written as a moment-by-moment chronicle, beginning with the officer's words, she's deceased. And those, mm-hmm. those 13 days were unlike anything I could have possibly imagined or expected, the agony and the beauty. And it was alternating as if a child were playing with a light switch from intense pain to ecstatic love. And to be completely honest, it was the love and gratitude that had the upper hand. Yeah. I, I really didn't want to write it. I didn't intend to. I didn't. Uh, but my friends asked me to try because um, they loved me and they loved Shauna. And the more I wrote, the more my love and gratitude for Shauna became the fuel to try and understand how even a tragedy can lead to a greater understanding of myself and my purpose for being alive and how to use that experience mm-hmm. to benefit humanity. Right. And so when you, and you live, lived up on Bashan Island at the time, I'm from, I'm from the Seattle area. So I, I, you know, loved reading about that, that uh, cabin or that, you know, the little, your house, the cabin on the water. And uh, when you were in there, um, that was that same night. Well, tell, tell a little bit. Of, so when you were sitting in your car, it was because you were at this um, taking a break from, from a Sita yoga. What was it? A weekend or a, what, what would you call it? Um, intensive. Yeah. Right. Intensive. It was a intensive. So, yeah. The Shakti Pad Intensive. Sha- and then you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead and explain. Yeah. Shauna was um, Shauna was a globally renowned person, and she was in Colorado at the time working with the Natural Hazards Institute. In fact, she had worked with them um, immediately following 9/11 as one of the first team to go into that site to to, to do studies. So Shauna was a scientist as well as um, her restorative leadership institute, which still continues. Um, I was very blessed to be with her. To just give you a brief example of the kind of work Shauna did. Shauna was invited by Jimmy Carter to facilitate at the Carter Institute when he invited a group of religious leaders from around the world to discuss women's um, poor treatment through religious texts. Shauna was, um, worked for five years with an international group called Tostan International, which was a U.S.-based organization that was the first to successfully go into West Africa and get over 8,000 villages to voluntarily mm-hmm. curtail female genital cutting. So Shauna mm. was a great gift. And so there was a huge outcry after her death. And so when yeah. she when she was killed in the car accident, I was across the water in Seattle at a, at a makeshift site for my city yoga uh, Shaktipat intensive, which happens once a year. And on the fourth around four o'clock towards the end of the intensive, I saw a voicemail, a visual voicemail from an officer on Vashon Island, which is where Shauna and I have lived for the last number of years. And I thought that's odd. And I went out to the car and um, 
he asked me all kinds of questions. And finally, I said, you just need to tell me what all these questions are about, especially if it's about Shauna. And he told me. Baron. Yep. Oh, okay. You're there. You can hear. You can hear me, right? I can. I can. Yes. Okay. Okay. And he told you, and then, and then you did. It was almost a a blessing that you had. You were at that sh- um, intensive because that really supported you, right, into knowing that you needed to just start sending her blessings. Yeah. You know that was. That was really the first hint that I had that something else was happening other than what was obviously happening and completely devastating me um, because I've been in Siddha Yoga since 1980. And so mm-hmm. there was nothing that I trusted more than that Shakti Pot Intensive because I've done them almost every year since 1980. And so I had a, in one sense, I had a, an even as deep a intensive as I do and did with my wife. Right. And so when I got out of the car, I had no thoughts, but I had an intense desire to send Shauna as many blessings as soon as possible. And when I got out of the mm-hmm. car, I didn't know whether I should go start doing that right now. And there's something we do in, yeah. in City Yoga, um, which is chant a certain chant, the Guru Gita, or if I should go back into the intensive and there on the corner all alone was the local host. And I knew she'd lived in the ashram for a long time. So she had knowledge. And I, I walked up to her and I just, I just spat it out. I said, I just found out my yeah. wife was killed this morning in a car accident and I need to know what to do. Should I go chant the Guru Gita right now or should I go back into yeah. the intensive? And from her response, I chose to go back into the intensive. And that really set everything flowing in the right direction because as you can imagine that level of unexpected devastation there is no there is no um, you know if you there's no way to expect that and so there's no preparation and so the mind just simply doesn't function and in a sense what I found myself trusting what was left, and the only thing that was left since Shauna was gone was that desire mm-hmm. to send her blessings and the intensive. And so I went in for the last session and chanted the mantra and did all that. And then um, the rest is in the book because it was an intense 13 right. days. Right. And explain what is the significance of this 13 days in, in Sita Yoga. Now, 13 days, um, it's not just in Siddha Yoga. It's, it's in the East, Eastern tradition. It's uh-huh. not necessarily a Siddha okay. Yoga tradition. And I think it's important for viewers to know Siddha Yoga is not a religion. It's a philosophy. And there's people from many different faiths in Siddha Yoga, as well as no faith. <laughs> um, but the 13 days is an Eastern tradition whereby um, one mourns the beloved for that long or the person who's passed. And then on the 13th mm-hmm. day, there's a celebration of life where you're you're setting them free. You're, you're, you're releasing that person and thanking them uh, and releasing them from anything that would hold her spirit to this physical world. Um, and I had, ironically, I had been in the ashram in July and had gone to a woman who I knew was familiar with um, what one does when, when a loved one dies because my mom 
was at a certain age. And so I was asking on her behalf, mm-hmm. and that's how I knew about the 13 days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just for people who aren't familiar with Sita Yoga, just a little overview mm-hmm. of it. What, what is it? Sita Yoga at its heart sees the highest reality as divine consciousness that, that dwells in everyone equally at all times. And Siddha Yoga is, gives you, it helps you recognize and gives you the direct experience of that. And it really is an experiential yoga of that. And I think that's why everyone, including myself, are in it, because I have the experiences of what they talk about. I was raised Catholic, mm-hmm. but abandoned that pretty quickly. <laughs> so I was yeah. skeptical. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, well, um, okay. So then, so you go, I mean, I, when I was reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. you're driving home and you were worried, how am I even going to drive, you know, or manage? And then luckily there was kind of a heavy traffic, so you didn't have to speed down the freeway or anything because, yeah. you know, being in complete, complete shock like that. And then it was quite a ways to get home taking ferries and all of this, but then you got home and it was very interesting when, when she did come uh, to communicate with you. Now that was <laughs> when you wrote down, down something, right? Because a lot of people yeah. um, do communicate through this automatic writing and I've, that's how I can channel like some angels and spirit through that way. And, and um, mm. I find that a fa- you know, a fascinating way that we open up. Um, and that wasn't that um, the way you initially contact, you know, got that uh, download from her was through the writing. Yeah. Yes. But for me, it was completely unexpected. I, I was fairly unfamiliar with anything like channeling or automatic writing in, in that sense. And it certainly was the last thing I was expecting but on mm-hmm. the third night, on the third night, I woke up at about 3 a.m., just like all the other nights, and I, I found that I couldn't meditate. I couldn't get into a, a, a chant or anything at all, and I, I just – it was so odd. There was just this odd energy. And finally, I, I sort of asked – I don't even know if it was out loud or to myself, Shauna, is there something you want to say to me? And as soon as I said that, I just felt her presence. And so I heard, and then in my head, I heard and saw the words at the same time, why did this have to happen now? And as soon as I heard and saw those words, I knew it was her. Um, right. And having never done this before, never done automatic writing or anything like that, I, I had to learn on the fly. I, I immediately went and got this yellow binder that I left there on the table for the journaling that never came and just started writing what was in my head. And what I understood right away was simply that as long as my thoughts stayed out of it, I could hear her and write it down. And so I wrote for the next three hours and she was livid. That was yeah, that's I what I was. I, I know I was so surprised reading that because you know we we hear and read about people they go into the light and it's just so amazing and blissful mm-hmm. and that people with near death experiences yep. they don't even want to come back and I was like what she's you know all angry yeah. <laughs> yes yeah. yes it's it's not a one size fits all death apparently so I had the same. Uh, not assumption, but just I think it's more of a loving hope as well, hoping that she's, you know, into the light or whatever that is. 
And so when she spoke to me and was so livid at having everything snatched away, and, you know, that's what that whole chapter is about. It is word for word. For example, on my website, BaronStephan.com, I published a bunch of photos of Shauna and I and things that pertain to the book, and one of them is the first page of those, whatever it is, 11 or 13 pages that I hand wrote from her. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. what she was wow. so, so upset about was losing what she called everything, not just the love of her life, which was me, but also the work yeah. that she was so passionate about. She, she came into this world with an unflagging desire to be of benefit and to give a voice right. to the unheard and to serve the planet. So Shauna is globally known for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was livid, livid, and she didn't understand. So, so something I learned after the fact also is that um, many people who die suddenly and unexpected, like like in a car accident, they are very disoriented and traumatized. And yeah. um, that's the that's the Shauna I got that night was someone who is completely in trauma for so many different reasons and still in limbo. Um, there was zero. So I, for all the listeners, just, just want you to know there was zero doubt by even a third of the way through that conversation that she dictated in my head that it was mm-hmm. not her. Um, right. Yeah. It just completely shattered any illusions I had that she was blissfully floating up into the light and happy and all that. No, she was, she was, she was in danger, actually, in my opinion, and it's, that's what broke my heart and caused the end of that chapter is to see that Shauna, um, in addition to being the amazing and brilliant leader that she was and still is for many people, she also came from a family that had a history of depression, and though she never had it, she had certain hell signs, and mm-hmm. in that conversation with her in my head, she started to have them and speak them, and it it terrified me. It absolutely terrified me to to realize that she was, in one sense, closer than my own breath because she's in my head, but there's nothing I can do to help her. And right. so it was just there to be be with her as fully as possible to absorb every every pain and hurt she was feeling, so she knew she wasn't alone. Ah. Oh. My gosh. And you knew, of course, her personality and the way she spoke. So that's why you were sure that it was her. And then she even said, and by the way, I miss my cat. (laughs) This is like, this is just the, the, the veracity of it, right? There's some, the way she spoke and everyone who's read it, who knew her and didn't know her confirmed, you know, the things she says in that conversation are so obviously not from me, <laughs> from Baron. Mm-hmm. Right, um, right. Like even that, that last bit, right, after going through the the complete devastation and surrender and calling on all of my merit and gurus and meditation teachers to go to her and help her because she was crying out in, in, yeah. in pain and asking for help. Um, even after that... Um, hugely emotional experience the last thing I hear in my head as I'm sitting down to write down more blessings for her as I hear her say and I miss my cat <laughs> uh-huh. oh, yeah 
And on your website, you know, I'm I'm looking on there while we're talking to it, the pictures, mm. and, you know, there's such a beautiful picture of her with her cat, with the cat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful that you put all those in the, the writings. Now, so after that initial, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, that you don't even need to write down anymore. You just, you were hearing her in your head. It's it's no. I only heard her during those times, and to be honest, one time since then, um, about six okay. months after she passed. The what what happened after that is simply, I could feel her presence very very strongly, and because mm-hmm. my mind was so still, and I recognized that the only way to stay present with her, and keep feeling mm-hmm. her feeling that she was there with me was to stay in my heart. And so that meant no thoughts. That meant no, mm-hmm. no plans, no planning, none of that. And that allowed me to stay in my heart. And that's, that is why, in one sense, why I wrote the book was to be of benefit to others so that they might at least consider the possibility. Because believe me, I am not giving advice of how to respond to death. That is completely personal. But the title right. of the book is why I wrote it. That if you're if you're open to it, it is possible what I experienced. That the yeah. final gift of the one we love is their greatest gift back to us, and one they long to give us. And it's it makes perfect sense to me having gone through it because one is completely ripped open like a ripe fruit. There's no mm-hmm. time when one is so vulnerably open to love and and grace as that and so of course the beloved would want to give one leave one a meaningful gift and shauna the gifts haven't stopped from shauna but um they're not quite as intense as those 13 days what are some of the gifts now that you're noticing well i would say the the first the first and biggest gift which is the purpose of the book is simply to have that understanding of what the the monk told me, my friend, the monk, which is there is a greater arc and Shauna has lived many lives, not just this one. And that for me, even right. though I've been in yoga so long, of course I'm familiar with reincarnation and karma and all that stuff, but to have it play out with the one I've loved most in the world was a completely different experience of it. And so that was her gift to me was, as I describe in that book, the realization that not only have we lived many lives, but we planned this so that we could learn and yeah. grow from it because yeah. more than love, more than, more than happiness, love wants growth was another understanding right. I got. From and you know, one thing too, that when I was, um, you know, that struck me was that even though this she Shauna was the love, 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 you know, is and was the love of your life, you, it, you know, wasn't always a smooth line. I mean, it was like you guys had also relationships, you know, ups and downs. And you write about that. Yes. You write about that that uh, poster that you made. And I was like, <laughs> that sounds like something I'd do. <laughs> You know, Shauna and I, oh, my God. You know, Shauna, Shauna was and I were perfectly matched because we both have a certain level of um, awareness and also power. And so in that sense, we didn't bowl one another over. But it was so important for me to include in that book 
those times when we almost split up because first, because Shauna's students, colleagues, and friends around the world idealized our marriage. They saw Mm -hmm. us as the pinnacle and I wanted them to understand how hard we worked and how many times we almost didn't make it because I, I didn't want them to idealize and think that theirs had to be some, some, thought stream of how relationships are, that's not how they are, even for Shauna and I. And so I tried to be as ruthlessly honest as possible with those um, descriptions. I also included that one huge um, discussion and almost ending in our meditation room. And I included how we did it because I thought Shauna was brilliant in so many ways and one of the many things she brought to us was how to, how to communicate even when you are near the edge. So one thing that I can share with um, your listeners is what we yeah. did whenever conversations got to the point where there was the risk of saying something that you can't take back. We would right. go down into the meditation room like that time and sit back to back. And that was a hugely insightful thing for her to have us do because what, what it allowed us to do was express ourselves without having to see the other's facial reaction. And not seeing yeah. that, it kept the door open to being able to receive and listen. And then she had another thing that we did, which was simply that for as long as you can, before you respond to what your partner says, repeat back what you understood that they just said before you respond. And that yeah. saved us so many times, Marla, I can't even, I can't even tell you. Oh, that is so important. And, you know, cause this is the mystical matchmaker podcast and I'm, I'm a matchmaker. And people <laughs> are all hoping for, you know, hoping for a soulmate and, and they think that it's mm. going to be um, all perfect. Like a soulmate, you know, you're never going to argue and you do everything the same and you think the same and, I mean, you two had separate, um, you know, uh, spiritual practices and, and ideas, and mm-hmm. you had arguments, and you had things that you had to go through, but there was a, well, it's, it sounds like you've traveled lifetimes together, and that this was, you know, planned for your for your growth, and my gosh, what growth it, that, uh, it brought, painful, but, but uh, much, much yeah. growth, and um, that, uh, I love that, oh, yeah, go ahead. I would just share, you know, um, Shauna always wanted us to give um, couples workshops, and I, I always told her we weren't ready right. for it. But one oh. thing I would, I would share with couples is, is just simply that the love of your life and the soulmate that you have is always going to show up because you, we planned it this way, but it's just not going to look like what we, what we imagine or want, and that's the biggest mistake everyone makes and and if you read my book you'll see I almost left Shauna not just that time in the meditation room but hundreds of times because of my childhood patterns of abandonment seeing my mother and father go through that and so it's so important for couples to understand to, to literally abandon the idea of ideal and simply understand that you've come together with this person that you've known for lifetimes as you just said Marla but you come together to work on things and learn things that you weren't able to learn before. And so right. if we can just shift away from the idea that if I'm not happy, then it must not be right. Because that's why I almost left Shauna so many times thinking, oh, it's not better together. It's, I, I'm, I'm not happy right now. 
But of course, mm-hmm. I'm not happy. I'm working on my old negative hardwired patterns, my samskaras. And I think that's the biggest block for people getting everything from that relationship. And believe me, if you can stick it through and understand that, the love is unbelievable. Yes, it's really doing the shadow work. You know, Carl Jung's, uh, um, he coined mm-hmm. that and uh, the sh- seeing what our shadows are, what the triggers and all of that. If the same thing with my uh, husband, we've been together 18 years, but we've had a lot, I know mm-hmm. we've had a lot of lives together and gosh, what's coming up, all these triggers and triggers. And if it wasn't for this relationship, I wouldn't be doing <clears throat> the shadow work. Uh, all of the self-development work that I'm doing right now because it, it would keep coming up and kicking me in the butt and I would blame him, but it's, you know, my reactions and stuff. So, yes. And so, you know, I think we have such a high divorce rate in this, in our culture, you know, what 50, they estimate 50 to 60%. And yes, of course, if you're getting beat up or they're cheating or, you know, those are different circumstances, but if you're just having these yes. kind of growing pains and these kind of, um, uh, issues, there's work to be done and to look at ourselves and what we need to clear up. Otherwise, like you said, we'll just go. You can, could leave, but you'll just go and get somebody else who's going to show those patterns to us again is what I think. Yeah, and, you, and you'll, you'll, you'll have left the one that you, were, that you could have done it with. And I think mm-hmm. the reason I put in also that, that conflagration in the meditation room and then the resolution afterwards in the chapter called Tapasya is because the way I resolved it was the only possible way I could have stayed with her. And mm-hmm. what that was, was from, from, an, from anyone else's perspective, the things that Shauna was doing and saying, one could easily have said, you're right, Baron. You, you, that's, that's not possible to continue anymore like that, right? The evidence can always mm-hmm. stick if we choose a perspective and I would have been, I would have had left her had I not had my Siddha yoga to have taught me all along the way about tapasya and tapasya is the Sanskrit word for the burning away of these mental and emotional impurities, the things that you described mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what it took. So I, I couldn't stay in the relationship for myself or for Shauna, right? It had gotten to that point of utter, mm-hmm utter pain and, and, and just I couldn't deal with it. These were my hardwired patterns. But when I spoke to my friend on the phone who's also been in City Yogi even longer than I, he said, Baron, it's all just tapasya. See it as tapasya and be free. Yeah. And that complete, yeah. literally, when he said that word, it all disappeared because suddenly it wasn't about Sean anymore. It was about the thing I had dedicated 40 years of my life to, which was understanding myself, changing myself. Like this was the whole point of my life, whether I was with Shauna or not, was to work on myself. And as soon as he said that, I was able to let it all fall away. All that crap, all that proof I had about Shauna, it just disappeared. Mm. And that was the only way I I could get through it, Marla. Yeah, and because so many people, we have that, See, we've seen the Disney film Cinderella and the prince coming up, and <laughs> we think that, you know, we, we think that somebody somebody else's job to make us happy, you know, if I just find the right person, then I'll be happy. So we put, that's a big burden to put on somebody else. It's not their job. 
uh, yes, we can Horrible. feel wonderful in their presence and all of that, but that's such a big shift that that, uh, that we really ha- must make or there's just always going to be disappointments. As a matchmaker, I've been doing this two decades, and there are people that many, many people that um, I'm still you know, trying to match up or working with or come across that I met two decades ago who came to me to try to find matches, and they're still single today. And Mm. uh, two decades later, and they still want to find somebody, but it's all of these things that, like you said, the person's not going to be, as you imagined, maybe the women often say, well, I can't date anyone who's under six feet tall or under mm-hmm. a certain income or in a, or the guys yeah. will say she has to be, you know, this, her, even her breath, chest has to be a certain size or hair color, you know, all these things that just, yep. just, just like sticking them there and they're missing so much richness and lessons and love. And by, by holding on fast to these, um, yeah, just speak a little bit about that people's list because they have these, you know, must have, um, yeah. I want to, from a, yeah. you know from from the perspective of of what I've what I just love, which is you know the yoga perspective, which is you know in the West we we imagine this twisting bodies yoga, but really yoga has been nothing for thousands of years, but the scientific study of the mind. That's what the yogis have done mm-hmm. for us, and it mm-hmm. is all those all those ideas we have that keep us from having what we want that make us say, oh, not this, not this. I want it a certain way. Those all come from the mind. And the mind is completely limited. The mind can never go beyond itself. It's why there's such turmoil now, of course, because we can, we're allowed to believe and think whatever we want. Even a parent can't, child, can't change what their child is thinking. It's the one area we all have free will in. And so that's why mm-hmm. we all, all are able to create such beauty and such misery for ourselves. So these stories have all come from the mind, Cinderella, um, the knight in shining armor, all of these ideas, they all come from duality. As long as things come from duality, they must have what duality has, which is time and space boundaries, which means a birth and a death, which means a beginning and an end, which means love and hate. All those things are always going to be in play with our stories. So we have to go, I mean, I'll just say I have to go and had to go beyond Mm -hmm. my stories to be able to accept something that was simply beyond them. There is, it's hard to imagine that something beyond the tree I'm looking at and the house I'm looking at across the street right now and the sounds I'm hearing that there's more than this. But if we don't imagine Mm -hmm. it and open the door for it as a possibility, it, it can't happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's just, um, I, I, it, it upsets me because when people put these, you know, well, he, you know, doesn't have hair or he, you know, I mean, I'm just like, this person mm-hmm. is so incredible. Can't you just have a cup of coffee with them and open your mind? And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> right. It, it's, um, mm-hmm. well, this, I think this podcast will maybe have people think um, a little differently and open up. Oh, gosh. So then <laughs> you, you left, you left that. And I looked I love the picture. Everybody has to go to Baron's website, baronstephan.com. It's linked up back at blog talk radio. And um, there's pictures. And, and I love the picture of your, 
your little house on the water. Mm. Um, yeah, it's still there. And, I rent it out. Yeah. Oh, you rent it out. Okay, so you still own it. And then you went back to, yeah, to vaca- Hawaii. Yeah, I vacation rent it. Yeah. I'm, in Ho- I'm talking to you from Hawaii right now. <laughs> right, right. So is it? do you do it like an Airbnb or you rent it for a long exactly. time or what? Airbnb, okay. Oh, yes, so I, yes. I can rent. I can look that up and stay there because I, you know, I'm from Seattle and I go up every about every eight weeks. I'm up in Seattle. I just uh, in July mm. rented a, an Airbnb in um, mm. Bainbridge on Bainbridge on Bainbridge Island oh, in the forest. Yeah. And I did two mm-hmm. days there. I did a shamanic journey alone and did the shadow work and mm. and all of that. And yeah. it was amazing. So uh, yes. And the cottage yeah. is amazing. You Beautiful. know, Vashon is the size of Manhattan, but with only 10,000 people, mm-hmm. there's just trees. So the, the cottage is completely in nature. And in fact, I had, I had an absolute knowing that first day after Shauna's death, mm-hmm. that in one sense, mm-hmm. she and I had bought that cottage for that moment. And people, oh. in fact, last week's, last week's guest even texted me. She said, do you know that there is an energy vortex here in your cottage, on the, on the grounds around oh. your cottage? And I said, yes, actually, uh-huh. m- many people have, have told me that, and I'm not surprised. Shauna and I did, you know, meditation there every day. Wow. And that was this person, had, did she know your story or this, what, hap- you know, nope. what happened there? Was, oh, my God, that is so incredible. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm looking at it. It's just it's right on the water. It's it's incredible. So, um, what are you doing now? Uh, tell us about what mm. you know. What's your life like now? I am. I have retired from teaching elementary school for 18 years. I went back and finished that year, and now I am simply allowing, helping anyone who wishes to do what I've done for the last 40 years, which is. Um, in addition to my yoga, they had something called a correspondence course where you read, read lessons every day, two lessons mm-hmm. a month, that have the principles that you and I have been talking about. And I've done that for 40 years, and it, it's allowed me to, to understand whatever you think I understand, you know, my understanding of the mind more than anything about how it creates mm-hmm. all of our suffering, not just part of it, but all of it. Mm-hmm. And then what practices and tools I developed and also received from yoga. And I simply made it, I I wrote and read, recorded six lessons and made them for free on my website, theyogaofmindset.com. Oh, wonderful. So everything everything is free. I I just want people to benefit. Yeah. So, so, okay. So you're doing that. And then uh, once, once COVID, uh, once things open back up, you'll be crooning mm-hmm. again with your big band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's great. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. Everybody. So um, Baron, thank you so much for sharing your mm-hmm. story with uh, my listeners and myself. And um, this beautiful book is such a gift to the world. The final gift of the beloved, everybody, you can get that on Amazon and go to um, his website, which is baronstephan.com, B-A-R-R-O-N-S-T-E-F-F-E-N, and um, take a look at everything. And just sending everybody much love, and thanks again, Baron. Bye, everybody. Mm, thank you for doing the work you do, Marla. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>